0: For tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. Uh, It's almost the end of the 90th legislative session. It can't come quick enough for me. You know, I say that every year. The Taxpayers League reminded me in an email update this week. They said, if you haven't been paying attention till now, now is when it matters because now is when the deals are cut and worse when legislators lose focus and begin to chase the deal forgetting what they're looking to achieve. There's lots of big issues left on the table over there. One is huge 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 thing is the tax conformity legislation to line up with the the federal tra- tax relief that we saw thank you Donald Trump um that That is just crazy. Um, I had a friend of mine on Facebook who put a post up there who said, with Mark Dayton dragging his feet on tax reform in Minnesota, more than likely we'll see a special session. He said, his heart is broken. that taxes continue to rise. We are continually lied to about costs of light rail, voter fraud, daycare, and wasted taxpayers' dollars. With Plenty destroying the process of United Republicans through the endorsement process, it is time for everyone who reads This to start exploring options to leave the state. He said his family has an escape plan and asks if other people have an escape plan. Are you prepared to leave? It's easier than you think. It's time for the free thinkers to starve the beast and and let the left go ahead and destroy the state of Minnesota. We can't win here or thrive here anymore. This legislative, this legislature is the last stand, not the governor's race. It's now lost. Get real. You've been warned. <laughs> then he tells everyone to call Governor Dayton and the legislature, and tell them no more taxes. And, uh, and, and I wouldn't just limit it to taxes. I would remind people that Republicans, you're in the majority for a reason. Uh, Governor Dayton has to work with you. And Governor Dayton has now sent out 253 pages of letters to the Republicans of Democrat demands on legislation. Uh, Governor Dayton, what happened to you representing all Minnesotans? Do you just represent... Represent The Democrats and Republicans, where the hell's your backbone? For God's sakes, every time I turn around there, a Gazelka, Gazelka came out and said, oh, Governor Dayton sent us this list of 117 things we don't like in he doesn't like in this bill. And Gazelka comes out and he said 60 percent of them have been removed or altered. Uh How long, Paul Gazelka? How long, Kurt Dowd, before all 117 things Mark Dayton gets? How long? Where's your backbone? Are you standing up for us? Are you looking out for us, or are you just chasing the deal? Come on! Uh, this uh, this past week drove me absolutely cra- absolutely crazy. Uh, this is the final weekend. They're trying to find consensus on plans to cut taxes. Um, and and it's funny, the media comes out and they're 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 demanding. Uh, reiterating Dayton's demands to give schools financial breathing room. We have given the schools billions of dollars. Billions and billions and billions of dollars. The education budget is half the bud- state budget. 19, uh, oh, well, when you count higher ed, it's over half. Um, 19 billion dollars in K-12. through Governor Dayton's still holding him hostage for more pre-K funding. More all-day kinder- kindergarten funding. But the idea that the, the media gets away with saying, give the schools financial breathing room. The schools have been giving getting billions of dollars for the last seven years. They should be flush with cash if they didn't spend it right, uh, if they spent it right. They're also looking for, um, A way to fight opioid addictions and to, and to pass a bonding bill. Everyone was shocked, shocked that not one Democrat in the Minnesota Senate voted for the bonding bill. You have to have two thirds member for the bonding bill. Um, and they all said no. Why? Because it was only eight hundred and seventy five million dollars it didn't matter that we passed billions of dollars in borrowing last year it didn't matter that governor dayton wants one point five billion you know what they say they say hey we had over three billion dollars in requests of projects that need to be that need to be taken care of well if you're standing there with an open checkbook do you think these entities local government entities aren't going to come back and say huh open checkbook I'm in And there's their wish list for everything that they want the state payers, state taxpayers to pick up the tab for. So they have until Sunday night to put it all together. Uh, tonight and tomorrow will be the worst. And then on Monday, they'll all pat themselves on the back and they'll lie to our faces and tell us what a great job that they did. Uh, there are several. Bills that totally need to be addressed. But last week, Governor Dayton on Thursday vetoed the tax bill that was agreed to and passed by the Minnesota House and the Senate. This would be the one that conforms Minnesota, Minnesota's tax codes with the federal tax cuts that was passed in December. The bill would lower state tax rates for all earners, especially bottom the bottom two income tax brackets, as well as cutting corporate inca- income tax, too. Uh, Governor Dayton vetoed the bill. He threw a hissy fist. Hissy fit. He went over to the Bruce Vento Elementary School. He got a bunch of second and third graders. He got them all together. Now, children, one, two, three, veto. And then he took out his rubber stamp and stamped a big giant veto on it. And one of the one of the children said, "Is this almost over?" "Uh, yeah, kid. That's how I felt too." And I mean. Governor Dayton, you embarrassed me when you use those children as pawns like that. Act like a grown-up, for God's sakes. Uh, Governor Dayton said he vetoed this bill because of its misguided priorities for corporations. How many times do I have to tell you those corporations don't pay taxes? We lose businesses because our corporate tax rate is so high here in Minnesota. and And Governor Dayton doesn't understand that the corporations don't pay the taxes. The corporations pass those taxes on to us and we have to pick up a bigger uh, a bigger chunk for the cost of goods and services. He said that uh the wealthy came over the education of our uh, of our children, which is a flat out lie and all you have to do is look at the growth of education spending under Governor Dayton's watch. Governor Dayton said he remains hopeful that they that in the final days of the session they will Find some money to fund what is it, 139 million dollars? I think um, to fund the emergency school aid and to provide tax cuts that better serve our families. This is just so ridiculous, and I just wish the the Republicans would have uh, would have a backbone. Uh, and And step up for it this hundred and thirty eight million dollars in emergency aid is ridiculous. It is primarily for a couple of school districts. You look at Moundsview where my kids go good god their their referendum that they had for schools was unbelievable. Let me tell you moundsview Moundsview school district is not needing any money any money when you look at the billions of dollars that we've increased school uh for school funding under the budget process. You look at another over $1 billion in one-time fund funding. You look at this year, the Republicans are looking to fix pensions. They're looking at the safe school bill and a whole lot more. Uh, every year they increase hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, and, and the left is just shocking. The left truly, truly, truly believes the schools are underfunded. truly, Believes it. And and you had a, one Democrat, I can't remember who it was, but they were whining about the estate tax. The estate tax should be repealed. You know who that hurts? It hurts small businesses. And they whine about some 350 people who are getting $82 million in the estate tax repeal. That's not 350 people. That's the heirs of people who worked hard, who paid their taxes, who worked hard, saved their money, invested their money, maybe bought a farm, maybe bought a small business, and instead the government thinks it's theirs? Greedy, 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 greedy gov Ugh. Roger Chamberlain's been really good. He said, you know what? Ninety nine percent of the Minnesotans, some two point six million would see a tax. Decrease or be held harmless most, most with incomes under $60,000. It's just unbelievable that Dayton sent out a list of 117 objectable provisions. I put it up on my Facebook page. If you, if you want to read it, it's everything from rulemaking authority to IT budgets to. Whatever. Uh, and, and by the way, none of them were around to negotiate deals last night. Governor Dayton went to a fundraiser. Um, and Gazelka and Doubt. Oh yeah, they went to be on TV. So yeah, there are so many. Missed opportunities this legislative session. I can't hardly stand it. Whoever in leadership decided it was a good idea to put together all these omnibus bills, you suck. You should be thrown out of office. You should certainly not be in any leadership position in the House or in the Senate. This is so ridiculous. I talk about omnibus bills over and over and over again. And it's just absolutely amazing that you morons could think this was a good idea. How could you think this was a good idea? You should have been peppering standalone bills, exactly like the Minnesota Constitution demands that we do. No, no, no. Instead, what are we seeing? This is embarrassing. What are we seeing? We're seeing bills with a title that is 7 pages long in an effort to make it fall under the ridiculous definition of the Minnesota Supreme Court to call it to to make it fall under the single subject rule. The Dan damage and destruction that's being done to Minnesota is just absolutely unbelievable. We, uh, one of the reports came out, the best and worst states for businesses were number 40. In the last year, we dropped from thirty-eight to forty. Uh, this past week, the Minnesota Department of Employment and Economic Development uh, bragged about our unemployment rate holding steady at three point two percent, which is good. And then they said the state lost thirty-two hundred jobs, uh, and March figures were revised downward from two thousand nine hundred and. 2900 jobs gained to 400 jobs gained. Uh it was it was really interesting because Minnesota added 11,659 jobs over the past year an increase of 0.4% jobs on a national basis were up 1.7%. Thanks for nothing Dayton. Thanks for nothing. Uh it's really embarrassing when you see how uh, Minnesota's economic growth has lagged under Governor Dayton's watch and the Republicans who have the majority in the House and the Senate. You could have changed this. You could have changed this, but you didn't. You should be ashamed of yourself. We'll take a quick break when we come back. We'll talk about Minnesota's lagging economic growth. We'll talk about some of the legislation that's going on over there. We'll talk about, um, uh, missed opportunities for real tax reform and oh my gosh does anybody remember the 2009 bill signed into law by tim palenti the emergency health and pandemic powers i railed on that bill well guess what guess what the republicans did they changed it this year no no they didn't get rid of it no no they Made it worse oh my gosh stay tuned sue jeffers twin cities news talk am 11:30 and twincitiesnewstalk.com later
1: on that day my homie dr drake came through with a gang of tango ray. Good Saturday afternoon everyone. Thanks so much for
0: tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. I think we've switched from my graduation year to Stan's graduation year. Oh, I killed
1: many of brain cells for that one back in the day.
0: <laughs> oh, man, we're talking about the legislative session. I'm talking about how many missed opportunities and I can't weigh in on all of it because they're still making deals behind closed doors. Uh, we'll talk more about it next week too. Uh, I want to thank the American Experiment, though. They've done a really good job on pointing out that Minnesota's economic growth continues to lag the nation in 2017. Uh, The minute this... They had a report that came out. The state of Minnesota's economy wrote that over the period of 2000 to 2016, oh, thanks, Tim Pawlenty and Mark Dayton, the state's economic growth had lagged the national average. Indeed, Minnesota's GDP was 2.5% smaller in 2016 than it would have been if growth had been matched if growth had matched the national average over that period. From 2016 to 2017, the U.S. economy grew at a rate of 2.1%. Minnesota's economy grew by just 1.9%. Uh, think about that now. Think about it. Um, the difference between a one9 and 2.1% might not sound like much, but thanks to the power of compound numbers, it adds up. Minnesota's economic growth, if Minnesota's economic growth had only matched the na- the nation generally since 2000, our state's GDP would have been 5.5 billion dollars higher in 2017, or 982 dollars for every man, woman, and child. In other words, you wouldn't need Governor Dayton taxing the crap out of everyone in the state of in the state of Minnesota. Uh, thanks to American Experiment, they have done some really, really great things. Uh, One of the bills that made me the most angry this year is, do you remember in 2009, Tim Pawlenty signed uh, a bill into law. It was the Emergency Health and Pandemic Powers. Uh, the LEA has a report write-up from 2009, Legislative Evaluation Assembly. They are awesome, and plus they're super, super smart. Uh, the Emergency Health and Pandemic Bill authorizes unlimited police power to the Commissioner of Public Health or an assignee to apprehend Quarantine and transport individuals or groups identified as suspected of having a communicable, communicable disease with no court order or hearing for 21 days it further authorizes the commissioner to to prescribe potentially harmful and unknown drugs without direct examination by a physician yeah this passed in 2009 and worse it passed 57 to 6 in the senate and 127 to 7 in in the house this The idea of giving an unelected bureaucrat absolute control of any health emergency, real or imagined, is unbelievable. So now you've got Republican majorities in the House and the Senate. You would think that, hey, what a great time to get rid of a bill like this. Uh, which, by the way, there's something at the national level that's pretty bad anyway, so this bill could be wiped out because the feds trump it uh, and, and would be happy to trump uh, this ridiculous bill. Tim Pawlenty signed into law. No, no, no. Uh, House author Quam, Senate author Benson, Michelle Benson, what are you thinking of? Um, they, they Did they get rid of the bill? No, no. They added basically one line, and it said... Nothing in this subdivision is intended to alter sick leave or sick pay in terms of employment relationship. So they added a piece of language that made the Democrats happy and, oh yeah, gave government let government control keep all that crazy power over us. Un- unbelievable. You know, another little Tim Pawlenty flashback that I think everybody should, should remember. Who remembers when Tim Pawlenty was going out of office? We hadn't had... Um, we hadn't had the election yet we didn't know um we didn't know who was going to be the next governor of Minnesota um and and Mark Dayton said oh yeah guess what i'm not going to decide if we're going to expand um, Medicaid, I'm going to leave that up to the next governor. And of course, sure enough, uh, the next governor was Mark Dayton and he said, Oh, yeah, I'm going to expand Medicaid for all these people who shouldn't be on Medicaid. Uh, and, and, and I want you to, I mean, what, what other governor would ab- abdicate their responsibility and say, Oh, yeah, we'll just let the next governor do decide that. The next governor can decide that. Do you think Mark Mark Dayton's going to go out of office and said, you know, I think I'll leave this the tax conformity up to the next governor. Do you think he's gonna say, I'll leave it up to the next government to expand I Whatever thing. No, no, he's going to do his job. But oh yeah, Tim Palenty was more interested in running for president than he was looking out for, uh, looking out for us. By the way, on this emergency health and pandemic powers, uh, that, that Benson and Quams bill changed, uh, the, the lemmings over at the, uh, at the house and the Senate. Just rubber-stamped it, 127 to nothing and 63 to nothing. Way to be brave, people. Way to be brave. Way to look out for Minnesotans. Way to give such incredible power to a bureaucrat, a government bureaucrat. Oh, my God. It kills me. It kills me. All right. Um, let's take some of these phone calls. Uh, Kevin, you're up first. Hey, Kevin. Welcome to the Sue Jeffers Show.
1: Thank you for taking my call, Sue. Um I think you're being too hard on Dayton, Stu. So.
0: Oh, really? Tell me why. Uh,
1: because you've got <laughs> Republican leadership in the House. Yep. Republican leadership in the Senate. Yep. If they were truly fighting for us. You wouldn't have to worry about Dayton.
0: Well, it's true. You actually true. call that leadership?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing I wanted to ask yeah. Nick Zerwas and another individual Pratt. Are they? Did they? Did they? Are they going to give up our medical data?
0: They want to. They want to. They tried real hard, but you know what, Kevin? We fought hard. We and lots of us fought hard. People on the right and people on the left fought hard. And uh, Rich Newmeister weighed in, and he said, "You know what? Minnesota has a comprehensive health data privacy law that is recognized nationally. We are one of two states in the nation who actually look out and protect." The data for the people of Minnesota and 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 that this was a horrible bill and we should we should not um, we should not stomp on Minnesota's privacy and compen and consent provisions with this horrible bill. And it was actually pulled. It was actually pulled CCHF Citizens Council for Health Freedom. Remember we had Matt Flanders in here. Twyla sent out warnings. I put up action alerts on Facebook. We've talked about it on my show. Um, but this was crazy. Minnesota has the strongest medical privacy law in the nation. And the idea that these so-called Republicans, that this was a good thing for us, it it kills me it just it just kills me now it was pulled from the bill last week but nothing's dead until it's dead and so who pulled it uh i don't know who pulled it they didn't have the votes for it so whatever they wanted to move forward they had gotten enough pushback from it i really want to pat um peggy scott on the back oh my gosh she was a fierce warrior there were a lot of warriors over there against it and and it was just amazing it was like nick Zerwas was like just didn't get it he just didn't didn't understand why people just didn't want to give up all their data privacy it was incredible
1: so you mentioned the the, the the word dark money. Now, is if Angie Craig and the others are getting all this money, my question is, is this money coming from MoveOn.org? Is well, coming,
0: some of it is.
1: Is it coming from George Soros?
0: Some of it is.
1: Who helped help throw? jewish people out of their homes so the nazis could take them and then send them to the death camps well, that would be something to run on against these
0: people and, well you'd think so and you know what else kevin planned parenthood is sinking 30 million dollars into these upcoming elections in november of this year including a boatload for tina smith a boat who has moved so far to the right she's unrecognizable and that as as even wanting to represent all of the people of minnesota instead of just the Democrats of Minnesota, there's but but they don't call that dark money. Their their dark money, I use air quotes, is good money because I don't know because it is. They're not going to run around and tell us that a bunch of millionaires in New York are helping Angie Craig get elected or Planned Parenthood's helping Tina Smith get elected. They're they're just going to keep bashing dark money. It's money crazy. Is
1: coming from Soros, it is evil dark money. Yeah, and I I'm agree. Citing an article on Planned Parenthood to run. Uh, Hopefully they'll print it in our local paper here.
0: Wait, Kevin, where are you from? Lakeville. Oh yeah. Yeah. I knew that. Um, if they do send it my way. Okay. Yeah. I'd appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate your comments. Uh, okay. Did you just tell me to take a break? All right. He told me to take a break. Uh, Dave, you'll be up first when we come back. Thank you for being so patient. Anyone else want to weigh in? 651-989-5855. 651-989-5855. Lots more coming, uh, 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 with the legislative session. I got. Oh, you won't believe all the stuff I got. And I'm going to have to talk faster because there's only a half hour left. Stay tuned. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa.
0: Stan, what is this? (laughs) Offspring.
2: They were pretty cool back in the day. Uh
0: the day they're playing the fair i think this year so i can i think 20 years ago are we going to the fair this year we better be i heard we weren't (laughs) i know i want to find out i love the fair all right good saturday afternoon everyone how you doing i'm sue jeffers this is the sue jeffers show we're talking about the good the bad and the ugly over at the legislative session i was talking about some of the data privacy issues that were over there another one that makes me really really angry um uh, um representative eric lucero had a bill about um uh, about st- our our students data and online student data and and the language was removed this week in the conference committee um and and the schools get away with using for school purposes or for educational purposes with the data and, and basically the schools can do whatever they want with our kids data and they follow, it's one of those follow the money things and they allow these third parties to sell and share all of this data and and that's another thing that that should be made into an election issue because we should be the ones that control our control our data control our children's data this isn't government's data that they get to do whatever they want want and i'm tired of having so many politicians who think they can just give it away or sell it to whoever that they want that they get to guard all this data control all this data and decide what happens to all this data so we'll see a lot more on that coming up to. Dave, you've been super patient. Thank you so much. You had some thoughts? Uh
2: yeah, you were talking about uh the schools and, you know, Dayton's money and all that. And it's crazy. I think the other morning they were talking about there's 59 school districts that are behind or they need cash because they overspent for what they were given even though they were given more money this year than before. Yep. Okay, so why is it we don't have a list of all these school districts and a list of every last one of these school board members, uh, their phone numbers, their emails, and Dayton's and just start flooding their yeah, their inboxes and their phone lines and just bury them and make them cry and say <laughs> we hurt their feelings and maybe they'll go into a corner and say, well, you know, I'm not going to you know, be on the scoreboard anymore. If you guys are going to be mean to me and if I can't spend all <laughs> the money that I want to, I'm going to hold my breath till I turn blue and pass
0: out. And you know what, Dave? The The thing is, Democrats play hardball. Republicans don't. Where is that list? Where is that list of these of these districts that that have the shortfalls? How did Governor Dayton come up with $139 million and he's holding everything hostage for? Who does he think he is? Where, is? where is the list of increase in school funding that we've seen since Governor Dayton's watch? And I don't mean just the increases in education funding, I mean every last dime that has gone to these school districts. And then let's look at the levies. Let's Let's look at the levies. In fact, let's look at the school trust fund account. Let's look at why we aren't getting more revenue out of that, which was supposed to fund all our education anyway. Democrats play hardball. Republicans cave, especially Minnesota Republicans. My friend John Gilmar calls them the dumbest Republicans in the nation, and he's not wrong.
2: (laughs) Okay, Sue, don't sugarcoat it. (sighs) Let me really know how you feel about this.
0: <laughs> I try to make sure there's no misunderstanding where I'm coming from. Uh, most of the time I hit the nail on the head, but I'm, I'm really, this is like the worst weekend for me too, because I know what's going on behind closed doors and I'm watching good stuff that we got passed in committees, um, and bad stuff that's just being pushed along. I listen to these legislators lie and lie and lie and tell us how these Giant omnibus bills are a good thing, and we should be happy that we only cr- increased spending 9.5%, and we should be happy that it was the third smallest increase in the history of the state of Minnesota. I'm so sick of the excuses. I'm so sick of the BS. I just can't stand it.
2: Well, when the Republicans are, you know, having to cower. Instead of cowering in the corner, put out that list of all the school districts and every last person in Dayton. And these are the people responsible for your not getting a tax cut this year. Right. Here are their phone numbers. Here right. are their emails. Please go ahead, call them. Tell them exactly what you think and how you feel about this entire situation. Yep, uh, I you agree. you to pay more taxes.
0: I, I agree. I agree 100%. It's just so... Crazy. You know, the tax conformity. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate your phone call. The tax conformity is a huge thing and it makes things. I mean, that was passed in December. The Republicans have had all year to put this through. Um, Governor Dayton has not been a good negotiator. That's nothing new. Um, and yes, Governor Dayton vetoed the vetoed the tax bill, the tax conformity bill once and yes there was plenty of time to get more through there and yes it's possible for them to fix the to do the tax conformity at the start of next legislative session but that makes everybody's life so much harder so much more difficult so much more confusing get on the ball get this done Um, and, and, and yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Okay. There's a lot of other stuff going on over there, uh, that should, uh, that should make people sit up and pay attention. And you know what, when I said before I stopped voting for Democrats 15 or 20 years ago, uh, at all levels of government, listen to me when I say that was a smart move and you should, you should pay attention and not vote for them either because you're seeing the kind of when you look at Governor Dayton's letters his 253 pages of letters that he's sent to the sent to the Republicans, um, you can see some of the things that they're pushing they're not things that are good for the state of Minnesota and somebody has to be able to stand up and articulate why they're not good. I am so thankful for the Taxpayers League. I am so thankful for American Experiment. I am so the, the thankful sometimes for the Freedom Foundation. I am so thankful sometime, okay, all the time for LEA. They're the best. Unfortunately, their scorecard doesn't come out till after the legislative session is over. I wish they'd actually have an ongoing scorecard where we could kind of check in every once in a while to see good bills and bad bills. Are they moving through? Uh, What bills can we work on stopping them? Maybe we'll have to start a new organization that will actually do that. We have to start playing more offense instead of just defense. You had uh, the House Conference Committee adopted the report to change the governance of the Met Council. Remember all the promises we heard on the Met Council? They were going to repeal it. They were going to get rid of it. They were going to rein it in. They were going to restrict it to its original core. Function, yeah, none of that happened. Um, the The conference committee report, which passed the House and the Senate, says that the Met Council will no longer be government appointees. Instead, they will be city and county elected officials. So now the Democrats are getting uh, Democrats elected to city councils and mayors and county commissioners. Uh, so awesome. The Met Council is going to be all Democrats all the time. How stupid can you be? Uh, hopefully, Dayton doesn't favor that one. I'm hoping he vetoes it. We did see that um, uh, there, I think the bill's going to move forward on controlled substance schedules and DWI laws. This is the one with, um, you can get a DWI on your snowmobile or on your boat or whatever. Um, you're hearing lots of talk about the transportation amendment past the house. Thankfully, I think it is dead in the Senate. This is so ridiculous. The Democrats won't vote for it because they just want more money. That's all they're, that's all they ever say. More money, more money, give us more money, give us more money, give us more money. That's all they say. It's on repeat. Uh, Connie Bernardi came out. She's my rep. Oh, spare me. Uh, she said it's important to remember that this does not raise any new revenue. You don't need any more revenue, Connie. You got enough. You got enough. Start spending it responsibly. Uh, thankfully, the the cell phone one, hands-free driving, um, or don't text while you're driving, whatever, whatever it was. It's just another reason to pull you over, folks. Just another reason to give you a ticket. People are going to keep doing it. They won't get caught. Some of them will. Just another way to put another charge on you. Uh, we saw a great court case came down last week, um, Supreme Court opinion in Murphy v. NCAA, which says that um, um, the high court says that it's illegal. Um, it says that we can, ha- we can bet on gambling, and uh, um, it doesn't say that Minnesota has to has to have sports betting here. It's still illegal in Minnesota. If the legislature wants to do it, they can pass, uh, they can pass a law that they can, but the tribes are furious. They are a huge influence in Minnesota politics, especially when it comes to gambling. So the tribes, they've, they want to keep all the gambling. No one else gets gambling. Um, and yeah, they, Garofalo actually came out and said that Minnesotans would wager some $2 billion a year if it was legal. Wow. 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 The other big one, and Stan and I were talking about this. Stan, on your show today, um, are you talking about fishing or are you talking about legislation?
1: Uh, We'll probably get into a little bit of both because uh, there's been some things going on there, too. But like you said, with the snowmobiles and ATVs and that. But uh, probably be mostly fishing. Recap of the governor's <laughs> opener and uh, stuff like that. That's good Fun stuff.
0: All right, we're gonna take a break. You're making me take a break, right? Even though I have lots more to say. Um, I, we're gonna. Governor Dayton proclaimed this week Environmental Public Health Professional Week, uh, and, ev- and, and everybody's really freaked out about water. So we're going to talk about some of the environmental things. The Ag Committee's meeting over at the House now. The <laughs> Democrats are mad, mad, mad. They're mad about everything. They're, they're mad, really mad, and they want more government regulation and more government money and more, oh big government and then oh yeah by the way where's the buffer where's the buffer tax credit or elimination of Dayton's buffer tax yeah thanks for nothing republicans we have got nothing there either stay tuned lots more coming sue jeffers twin cities news talk am 11:30 twincitiesnewstalk.com <laughs> But you dance to at prom stand.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, probably.
0: Yep, for sure. Oh, I really like that I heart list of yeah, graduation. It cool. It's really fun. And it's fun to listen to other years, too. It makes so. you laugh.
2: It makes you cry. I It know. makes you smile.
0: I vaguely remember the 70s. Ooh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, everyone. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. I warned you. When Governor Dayton started doing all this stuff with water, and I said he thinks he's going to have his own state version of the federal Clean Water Act, and that's exactly what he's done. He has rolled over property rights like a steamroller and it should make everyone crazy so this past week march 14th to the 18th was environmental public health professional week i don't know what that means but they like to recognize people and hand out awards and pat people on the back and tell them how great they are uh, which there's nothing wrong with that except for they're trampling on our rights uh, while they're doing it Uh, I guess their job is to protect the health, safety, and well-being of Minnesotans. So this past week, Minnesota officials came out and they wrote a blistering letter. People are just really into writing these blistering letters. And they basically denounced... The Environmental Protection Agency, Trump's Environmental Protection Agencies, and they said that, that the new standards that the EPA were implementing, um, they said that it was a threat to the lives of real people, which is just sheer flat out nonsense. And, uh, the EPA at the federal level and at the state level has become so politicized that there are lots of scientific studies that cannot be replicated. Uh, a lot of scientific research can say, contains a lot of political bias Um that really truly the only way to make sure that a study's results are valid is to make sure that it can be independently duplicated and 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 to be peer reviewed and the idea that Dayton or that Dayton's bureaucrats and commissioners would support regulations ordered by a, a, a bureaucrat with little oversight and biased studies is just absolutely ridiculous and there are so many ways to restrict private property rights and they include everything from building c- codes or rent control or zoning or laws or in uh, a- any number of things. And Governor Dayton seems to be using every one of them. And they're going back and they're looking at laws back from the 70s and 80s uh, that have never been used before. And they're trying to implement them under different standards. I have no problem at all with going back and looking at old laws to see if they need to be eliminated or updated, but, but based on sound science, not to trample somebody's property rights, uh, in particular, The, the farmers, a lot of the ag people are furious over the, the, the buffers. It, this is so ridiculous. And even Governor Dayton admits that, you know what? We just took these, these farmers' lands. We just took their land and said, you can't, you can't, um, farm on that. So now they're trying to, uh, they're trying to get everyone to agree that they get a tax credit for planting buffer strips on permanent vegetables vegetation uh along streams and ditches and supposedly it's going to filter the pollution from the farm fields this buffer strip that governor dayton signed into law this buffer strip they want 50 dollars an acre credit now they want it to come from the clean water fund and remember that's the amendment that you people never should have voted for by the way uh they wanted the the money to come from the Clean Water Fund, which which, if it's going to come from anywhere, that's a good spot for it to come. But Governor Dayton wants the tax credit to be paid from the the general fund. And I say no, 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 hell no. That buffer, that buffer strip law, that, that should be repealed. That should be repealed. That shouldn't happen. There, I, I want to know where the lawsuits are for that. That's just crazy. They're also fighting over chloride in road salt. They're fighting over nitrogen fertilizer. They're fighting, oh, they're fighting over the 3M settlement. This is something now. So Lori Swanson goes out and sues 3M. They settle for $850 million. Lori's friends, Lori's friends, attorneys, Collected 125 million dollars of our settlement. 125 million dollars, and we get uh, 72 million dollars to the state of Minnesota. And now uh, that we need to make sure that that money goes where it's supposed to be going. We need to make sure there's oversight for that. The last person who should be in charge of that is Lori Swanson. Oh, my God. Another reason to vote for Doug Doug Wardlow uh, also fighting this weekend. They're arguing over the pipeline. So the Republicans came in and they said, hey, you know that you know that uh, oil pipeline we want to. Uh, we want to build, go ahead and build it. You don't need to, you don't need to go through the Public Utilities Commission. The Public Utilities Commission, talk about corrupt to the core. Uh, that should be eliminated too. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure Dayton vetoed that one. Hey, Mary Kiffmeyer, by the way, I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you. We've been waiting for technical fixes on the election bill for how long? How long are you going to make us wait for, Mary? Come on Mary Kiffmeyer, come on O'Driscoll, get off your butts, get this legislation through, this is really crazy. People should not have to sue their local governments or, or their county commissioners because the, because the people in this state don't know how to write legislation, don't know how to fix legislation. It just shouldn't happen. Thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars that citizens have to money that we have to raise to go out and sue our government because they took advantage of us, because they took advantage of poor language. Yeah. Come on, Mary Kiffmeyer. Come on, O'Driscoll, get off your butt butt and let's get uh house file three two two one and three zero two one uh going. Oh yeah. Uh also under environment, um XL Energy wants a whole bunch of money. Um, because of because of our nuclear power plants, this is going to be a big issue. Our nuclear power plants are getting old. We know solar and wind is unreliable, uh, and we know they're trying to shut down the coal plants. Um, up in the Becker area, prime example. Uh, this is going to be big stuff, people. Also, probably the biggest story of last week was Channel Nine. Channel 9 came out with a story about how uh, Somali Muslim daycare fraud is costing taxpayers as much as a hundred million dollars in with suitcases of money leaving the Minneapolis airport. And re, you might remember Channel 5 was it five years ago. They started looking into five years ago, all of this under Governor Dayton's watch, all of it. All of it, uh, un- under Governor Dayton's watch, the Fox 9 investigators reported about the daycare fraud that was going on in Minnesota. Hennepin County Attorney Mike Freeman said it's a great way to make some money. Um, the, the, some businesses game the system to steal millions of dollars in government subsidies that's supposed to be helping low-income families with their child care expenses. And it's just absolutely unbelievable. Do you remember the story? There was a, in Ramsey County, this woman had scammed the county out of $4 million they went after her. So she, they caught her and she goes to court and they say, okay, bad lady, you know, you broke the law. You scammed the system. We want the four million dollars back. And yeah, come back next week and we're going to throw you in jail. And shocker. She didn't, she disappeared. She never showed up for her court hearing. Yeah, we never got the four million dollars back either. Probably what was most astonishing of this article was the way we saw the media going after, uh, They didn't care about the fraud. They, did, they didn't care one single bit about it. They didn't care that the state is investigating fraud at 10 other Minnesota daycare centers. They didn't care about any of that. They went after the guy who reported it, the guy who was talking about it. It was absolutely shocking. The malfeasance and the corruption and the scandal and the incompetence that we have seen under the Democrats, under Mark Dayton, and I don't care, Minlars, MNSHUR, Community Action, Elder Abuse, Dead Children, uh, Welfare for... It is so ridiculous. And I was hoping this legislative session would be um, amazing. And yeah. It wasn't. Oh darn, Stan! We didn't even get to talk about the wedding.
1: Oh uh, yeah, you did. You brought that up last hour. That was plenty. But
0: didn't you want to spend the whole show talking about it? <laughs> All right, call your legislators. Call Governor Dayton. They'll be meeting behind closed doors today and tomorrow. We'll talk more about the session next week. Stay tuned. Stan shows coming up next, and he's loaded for bear too. Although he is going to talk about fishing. So, and I'm glad you caught fish last week. I missed you, Stan. But. I do like being live better. We'll see you next week. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com.